let's get into the other thing I wanted to look at was top cards played by faction. So if mm -hmm. I scroll over here, here we go. So I've sorted each um, each faction to show us what the most popular cards in that faction were. And we, I figure we can start off with uh, Scum here, since you were mentioning Scum um, earlier too, being interested in what is Scum doing without um, without Phoenix Mando in the mix, since he was retired from ICP at the start of the season, or at the start of uh, approved play. Um, so I, I'm, I've got it up on the screen here, and we see that. Um, so the top, we'll just kind of run down, run it, run it down here. The most played card in Scum this season has actually been Bib Fortuna, uh, which is interesting. And then uh, Jabba the Hutt is second most, and Dr. Aphra is third. So I think that makes up kind of the support package that we're seeing played most often in um, Scum lists. Yeah, I mean, I run all three in my Brawler list to help pump up those activation counts and just all the things they bring to the table. Uh, but I think I've finally seen you know lists that'll say okay I'm gonna bring Bib and maybe Black Market and I'm gonna skip on the Java so I get more points for more activations or they'll bring Bib and Afra and forget Java and so I think that's kind of how Bib is taking the spot as the king of uh, scum right now yeah um, just really cheap and that the list of arms abilities super useful. Mm -hmm. um, but we're still seeing um, 3PO and uh, still seeing 3PO uh, not Gideon as much in scum lists though. Um, interestingly, the most played units after Dr. Afra are the elite Jawa and the regular Jawa, um, and they're actually tied. So I think I think the J elite Jawa was one of the most popular lists in season in past seasons. Um, I'm trying to bring up the old scum list, but uh, I think we're seeing a rise of the regular Jawa as the elite Jawa services are no longer needed quite as much since you're not bringing um, like rebel droids if you're bringing Bib Fortuna. Yeah. So what what are your uh, what are your thoughts on on the Jawas? I think I see I mean they're actually <clears throat> they're actually represented in almost the same number here it looks like um unique mercenary lists included is 11 for both mm -hmm. it's just that the regular jaws have been in more games overall and I can see that you know like you just want to pump up those activation counts they are a two point figure with a surge for plus two uh, and if they can't do damage, they can still deal strain, which is kind of nice. They're they're kind of just good as a little little pawn piece to run around and do things for. And like you said, if you're not bringing droids, you know there are still upsides to the three point Jawa, and I think that's why we still see a lot of people bring them. Uh, but it looks like these two point ones have a lot of advantages. I mean, you could bring two elite Jawas, or you could bring three little ones <laughs> for the same price. Yeah. And I think we're seeing more of the little Jawas too to go with the Rancors as well, which we'll talk about soon. But uh, yeah. being fed to the Rancors. It's a big part. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so going back, um, so after Jawas, we have Onar still holding a top spot in the faction. Um, and you can and the see... thing I... Go ahead. Yeah, the thing I think is crazy is that he is kind of the only super popular offensive unit here. You know, we've just talked about some support units. We talked about Jawas, which, yeah, can do some damage, but are more for tech, they're more for activation counts, you know, you bring them in for a lot of little reasons, and they kind of add up. Onar's the first one that's kind of one of your big, bigger, heavy hitters, that kind of uh, defines a good piece of your list, and we don't see that for another five or six cards after this either. Yeah. Um, he's just very efficient, and he hits hard. And he's got a lot of utility, too, with Get Down. Um... I should mention uh, we should talk. We should bring up the faction share percent um, f uh, for these cards, just so people know. So, Bib Fortuna is was in 65% of scum lists. Um, Jabba in 62%. Doctor Afro's in 55%. Um, the Jawas were in 37.9% um, each. So I think that means 70, like 75% of Scumless had either an elite or regular Jawa in it. And then 34% of lists have Onar. I don't think that's exactly what it means. Because um, a lot of those lists probably have overlap. Oh, that's true. If you have, I guess if the list has an elite or, or regular. But I don't think I saw that very often other than the Jawa Swarm. But it's probably, mm -hmm. yeah, probably around 70% had either mm -hmm. a regular or an elite and that that checks out with what my intuition and memory tells me from putting all these lists into this uh, spreadsheet yeah um moving on and and by the way i think i mean that's a, that's a high number for like bib fortuna right but if you think about and i don't know how how long you've been playing skirmish wesley but if you think about how many lists in the past had just Rebel Care Package in Scum Lists or had Jabba plus 3PO, like I would say it'd be over 90% of, in the past of lists had that yeah. that just that one support package so I think this is actually a representation of a move towards more diversity for Scum yeah. in terms of its support package I think another key piece here is seeing Afra uh, at 55, I didn't know she was that popular um, but I, I do see more diversity here in that you can bring all these units, but you don't need to. You can bring some of these support carriers. And like you said, uh, you know, we're, our next spot is going to be 3PO, but he is way down from the actual scum support units. Yeah, um, so 3PO coming in at 31% of scum lists. Um, and we were talking about this earlier. Um... Something interesting to note is the win rate versus the two factions. So in Scum, 3PO has a 47% win rate versus in Rebels, he's got a 42% win rate. So he's actually a little bit more effective in Scum than he is in Rebels, but he is more, uh, definitely more popular in Rebels at 89% of Rebel lists. So, which makes sense because Rebels just don't have as many options. Um, well, we should be looking at the non-mirror win rates, correct? Uh, you're not... Uh, these are... 
Yeah, well, the 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 mirror. Win oh, rate's... okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I see what you mean. Yeah, his win rate in Rebel is 42, and, and Merkless is 47. Okay. Yeah. So there's a there's a general win rate for each card, but that doesn't differentiate by faction. So that's why I also differentiate each card's win rate by faction. Uh, I think that's important to know, like mm -hmm. how they're doing in in the different factions. Um, but yeah, we're still seeing three PO. I mean, thirty one percent is a lot still. Um, that's almost one third of scum lists. So he's still he's still seeing a lot of play. Um, I think the interesting one here is temporary alliance is at 27.59% and I kind of want to go in and, and check um, what it was in season 5 before Bib came along and I wish I had pulled that up but uh, maybe I'll come back to that but I think it's uh, definitely a lot less than it was in the past but important to note it is at a 53% win rate so it's at a positive win rate um, compared to everything else so it's actually on par with Bib, so whether you're taking Bib Fortuna or you're taking Temporary Alliance, and remember those two are mutually exclusive cards. You cannot have, you really can't have both in your list. Um, they're both doing equally well. Yeah, I mean, if you 75, 85, 90, 92, I think percent of lists are either running Bib or Temporary Alliance. So Bib is really stepping up as. You know that replacement for the rebel care package in a lot of lists i would say whereas you don't need that all the time yeah so again options i mean bib has been the more popular for sure than temporary alliance but i think that also is just a trend towards the new thing um people a lot of people who have played skirmish they've played with temporary alliance in their scum list and now bib is the new interesting thing that's different and uh, has novelty to it so I, I think i think it also comes down to what you get for each of those like uh for three points bib can focus one or two units per round and also can add damage when you need it most uh, whereas 3po is you know one focus per round he'll try to follow people and give them the evade sure uh, and then i think what people used to do is either bring gideon or r2 um, Gideon is another focus on a few movement points, but if you can set it up with Bib, you can just for less for less points in your list, just get two focuses around with Bib. Uh, and if you're bringing R2, again for one point you can bring Black Market, and if you also have Java, you know you don't necessarily need that much three extra card draws per round. So I think it's kind of Bib is very good for his value of what he brings. I think he's a very good design because he actually competes very well with uh, the Rebel Care Package in Mercenary. Yeah, I think uh, Derek's design was pretty inspired there. Yeah. Um, so I did find out, by the way, Season 5, before Bib Fortuna existed, Temporary Alliance was in 51% of scum lists, um, which is interesting because that means that the other 49% of scum lists were running most likely Java. Elite Jawa, 3PO, and then uh, some other droid like R2-D2. Because it, it would be pretty rare for you to only have Jabba in a scum list without any rebel support pieces. So, yeah, thought that was interesting. Uh, moving on, uh, we have Black Market uh, in 
27.59, so same as Temporary Alliance, but not necessarily in the same lists. Uh, Black Interesting Markets, that that's so low. yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Um, Black Market is such a good source of card draw for Scum, um, especially if you're running Jabba. I, I would bet they're pretty correlated, um, whether you have Jabba and Black Market. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not going to get into that now because I'd have to go to another part of the sheet. <laughs> um, and then we have R2-D2 at 24%. Um, I should also mention Black Market has a 33% win rate, so might not Ooh. be as good as we thought. I will say I do feel like there's a lot of end-of-round ones where I've had Black Market and not necessarily had any victory points yet. Mm -hmm. and not been able to grab a card for Black Market, which could be affecting it. Or maybe just the victory point cost it takes throughout the game does add up after a while. Yeah, it is flexible, though, because you can, you can use it to sell cards if you need victory points, and you yeah. can also just leave it on top. Um, yeah, I guess in my experience, I've always been greedy. I want the cards to get the power to beat my opponent, and it doesn't matter how many points I have if they don't have enough of me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There is some variance too. Like you always want to, you always want to see that zero point card off the top mm -hmm. with black market, and it sucks if you reveal a three point card with it. Um, yeah. But R two D two is slightly less popular still than black market. Um, again, he's also competing with Jabba, but he's got a 53% win rate, so it's, he's doing pretty good. Then we got to Clan of Two, uh, which has a 62.5% win rate, so uh, very high. Uh, not as high as the regular Jawa, interestingly, or Onar, which I should have mentioned. Both had over 63% win rate, um, but still doing quite well. Uh, I know there's been a lot of chatter about Clan of Two and whether it's become too strong now, now that people um, don't really know how to maximize its efficiency. Um, but right now it's not doing better than the best cards in Scum. Yeah, I mean, 63 pretty up there, but I think, I mean, there's a whole discussion we could have about that. I think part of it is just the kind of the feeling that there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> just does too many things. Yeah, which is not true because you can just shoot him. <laughs> well, then he still counts for like objectives and stuff and still follows you around the map. Yeah, that, that one is the I think the biggest point of contention for people is that he counts for control. Yeah. Um, even while incapacitated, which is just part of the rules. Um, but uh, we didn't put that on the Clan of Two card because if you look at the Clan of Two card, there's a lot of text. So we would have had to put a whole other line to say that child does not count for the purposes of control. But uh, maybe one day we should bring in a couple guests, you know, one on each side of this debate, and <laughs> have them duke it out. Um, moving on, we've got uh, Beast Tamer. So I think this is a good indicator of an archetype. Um, mm -hmm. At let's see, twenty-four percent of lists, scum lists with a 61% win rate, so doing quite well. Um, creature's doing really well in Scum. Um, extra armor is there, and I should mention, I don't think 
we talked about it, but extra armor is one of the most popular uh, cards overall. If I switch over to my other tab here, yeah, it was the let's see, eighth most played card in the game in the season. Wow. Um, 22% of all lists ran extra armor, um, which is not really mm -hmm. surprising to me because. Honestly, that's probably was the best one point card in the game when it came out. Yeah. Um, but interesting to see it in Scum, where you'd expect maybe it to be more played in Rebels or um, Empire, which are more defensive factions. But. Oh, I mean, we're getting kind of into those archetypes, right? I can see. I don't know if Herbie's Rancors run it, but I could see Rancors wanting extra blocks. Uh, yeah, I think he does run it in his list. Mm -hmm. I think he actually ran two. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't, again, doesn't bo boost the mm -hmm. numbers played, but it's just an interesting note. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Maul at 20% uh, uh, faction share. Uh, and he's got a 22% win rate, which is kind of shocking. Yeah. Ooh. Now, I know you went 0 3 in the tournament with him. <laughs> right. Uh, and he is only even included in six lists. So maybe I have some pull there. But. So I think. You know. Let's see. Yeah. Because if we. Um, if we go based on. Let's see. So nine. Nine games played times point two two. So he's got two wins under his belt. So if we dis if we take out your three losses, then he still only has a thirty three percent win rate. Um yeah. so that's kinda of surprising. I think especially with how much um just how much people blew him up in season four and beyond, like as being so powerful and he is powerful if you can get in range. But he's not doing so great um, currently. If you look at the next card, it's the same exact thing. We've got Mara Jade and in Scum. She's got the same number of lists played in, same number of matches, same win-loss rate. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if those are co-linked. Uh, yeah. Well, the I run list. both of those in the list. Uh, I don't know what other lists are running those. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Maul and Mara weren't always running together. Yeah. Well, I will say, uh, it does feel like a pretty bad matchup on the uh, against, like, Han Leia or Luke Leia. Now, I should so mention... I should mention, Maul has a 36% win rate overall. Mm -hmm. So when you count his appearances in Empire, he actually has a 100% win rate in Empire. Uh, only two matches played, oh. so you know. Um, but so it seems so. he's doing better at Empire lists than in Scum lists. Yeah, but also that sample size is uh, very small. almost zero. Yeah, very small. But it is something of note that he's doing better there. Same for Mara. She's got a forty-three percent win rate. Mm -hmm. So fifty-five percent in Empire, forty-six in. Rebel, so she's actually doing fine in the other two factions, just not in Scum. My poor four Scum users. 
yeah, it seems they're um, not quite there yet, but they're getting there. Um, next we have Hondo, 40% uh, win rate, 20% of uh, lists. So probably a lot lower than he used to be, but still getting played. Actually, let's see. In season 5, he was in 29% of uh, lists, so actually not that much of a change. Have you seen any Hondo out there? Not really. Um, yeah, he doesn't seem that that popular. Yeah, season six he was fourteen percent of scum lists and a forty-six percent win rate. So he seems to be hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Okay, next up is smuggling compartment. Um, Twenty percent of uh, mercenary lists with a 61% win rate, so doing pretty well. Um, looking at the other factions, it's got a 55% win rate overall, so 42% in, in Empire, so it seems that it's at, this card is at its best in uh, Scum, and I know that Herbie's been running it in his lists, uh, but we've also seen it run in IG-88 lists um, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why it's not doing as good in Empire as it is in Scum, but interesting that Rebels haven't taken it at all. Yeah, nobody seems to be running it in Rebel lists. I mean, guys, I know you got heroic effort, but, you know, why not get more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with Jedi Luke, which we'll get to in a little bit, but it, mm -hmm. it seems like it'd be really good with him. Okay, we're getting down. I think we'll just we'll stop at um, five or less. So yeah, uh, we'll sure. talk about. I guess we'll mention Terran. But um, next is uh, IG eleven, seventeen percent of scum lists, uh, and a sixty-two percent win rate. So I should mention for IG eleven, uh, most of his games have been played by Derek, who's been playing the same Mando IG-11 list uh, the entire season. Um, pretty much the same list. I think there was just one variation that he had. And his win rate is 60% as a player. So, um, I think that's correct. Let me check. Yeah, it's about the same. I have everybody's stats here. Yeah, 61.9%. So, pretty much matches up with IG-11 as his pet card. Mm -hmm. And if we skip one, we can see the Mandalorian too. Same uh, number of lists, roughly the same win rate, win rate at 63.16, and few less matches played, and so someone out there is a non-Derek IG user. Exactly. IG-11 yeah. user. Somebody's yeah. playing more games with IG-11. Um, but yeah, I think we should mention that Mandalorian, the eight-point version, which people seem to be have been poo-pooing um, <laughs> in relation to Phoenix Mando. Like he's been getting work done for some people at least for five five. I mean, I think three of those five are Derek because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he played the same list in both tournaments and in the league. So two other people are getting some some value out of him as well. Oh, I played I played him. I think Dylan was the other one who played him. So 
I think I know all the people who play Mando, 8-point Mando, but those people are getting uh, good results. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about the Rancor. So, Rancor has five lists. Uh, I think we all know Irby's been tearing it up with the Rancor. Um, mm-hmm. Although, not as great results in the tournaments as he's had in um, like free play. Let's see if I can zoom out. Yeah, and I think uh, I think people have been using the free play to try to come up with the counter strategy there. Um, so... But props to him though, because I've tried running double rancor, and for me, I might try it again, but I know I did not do as good as I wanted to. Uh, but he just brings fear into the opponent's eyes. Yeah, and it's reflected in a 66.67% win rate, so Rancor's doing yeah. well. Probably one of the top figures. Um, moving on, we've got the HKs, also from Season 7. 17%. They're struggling a little bit, though. 42% win rate. Um, Interestingly, I'm not seeing any Rancors or HKs in Empire at all. Because yeah. I know during the playtest period, that was, especially the HKs, that was a popular gimmick uh, to try. And I thought it was working really well in the playtest, where you would put double HKs with, you know, General's ranks and Palpatine for extra attacks and motivation to help them get more movement points uh, and also throw in, you know, like General, I think it's Soren to give them more extra attacks and a stun. I lost to that list a few times, and I am surprised that we have seen that zero times. <laughs> yep, and I think that just comes down to player taste. Again, a small number of players. If somebody's not interested in playing something, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means that nobody's playing it. Yep. Yeah, uh, true. Oops. There we go. Yeah, okay. but you were saying... Uh, yeah, so moving on. Uh, where did my window go? Oh, here it is. Uh, so moving on to Cad Bane with five lists. So seventeen <coughs> percent of scum with a fifty percent win rate. So nice. he's doing fine. Uh, it's only eight games played, so you know, small sample size again. Uh, Greedo. Interesting. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, interesting to see with the HKs, because I know we're going to wrap up on the, the scum here. They've only got a 42% win rate. Uh, and if you want to scroll down a little bit, we see, you know, you made your one exception to the rule. We did look at double HKs as a... If you're bringing two sets of HKs into a list, how's that doing? Uh, that's only got two matches played in, two lists, and a 0% win rate. So HKs are actually not doing as good as I thought they would be. And it seems like if you bring double, it's, you know, even worse. Yeah, I would say beware of small sample size here. Um, Mm -hmm. they only have seven games played in, in Scum since the, uh, approved play started. And so that's a high level of variance where... You know that means they've got three wins out of four. If that changed it, if that if one game changed the results, like if they had four wins 
out of seven, that would jump them up to like a sixty percent win rate, right? Yeah. So, that's I would true. I would say anything between forty and sixty when you have a really small games played number is mm-hmm. is fine. Is usually what I uh, consider to be good. Yeah, forty to sixty. You said. Yeah. When when you're when you're below twenty games played. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Or really fifteen, but. Um, so I mean, you can't even be you can't even have fifty percent with only seven games played, right? That's <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, good catch there. You know, there's not really enough data on the HKs then to really put it out on good or bad. I guess same thing with Cad Bane, but, you know, he's right in the middle, so that's fine. Yeah, I think people played I the think crap he wanted out of to... Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention, but I think we're we're at the point where we don't have enough data on some of these characters at this point. Yeah, the only thing left to mention is Greedo and Gideon. Um, those were kind of like really popular in the past. Um, Greedo we're not seeing as much, a lot less than I'm used to seeing. 17% of the faction and a 40% win rate, which, again, as I mentioned, you can't have, with only five games played, you can't have a 50% win rate. It's going to be either 40 or 60 um, so he's still doing okay. Um, he's winning games, but he's not very popular. And the same for Gideon. We're just not seeing Gideon being played as part of the scum support package anymore. Um, I just think that's interesting to note. Uh, finally, I did want to touch on the remaining Season 7 cards. So Terran, uh, Malikos, uh, 13% of Mercenary Faction, 14% win rate, but he has a 80% win rate in uh, Empire with, uh, let's see, five matches played. Uh, and it looks like he's also been in, in Rebels, too. So he's got a 31% win rate overall. Um, which yeah. I just thought was interesting, that he ended up being a multi-faction figure, which we kind of expect because of his ability... Um, which lets other factions use a mercenary faction, uh, or no, use a empire faction mm-hmm. uh, command cards. I'm bringing it up here. And I think what's interesting is where he's, again, low sample size, but where he's currently the most popular and doing his best is in the faction where that ability doesn't really matter. Mm hmm. I mean, if you think about the three scum force users that exist, uh, Maul with Darksaber, if you were to bring him in with Terran, you bring in the Darksaber, you don't need Terran's ability for that. And Mara, she is in every faction. So, again, she doesn't need that ability. So it really doesn't do anything if you bring him into Empire, yet that's where we see him the most popular. And it might be because of how defensive Empire can be. I should call out that... um... Morgan is actually using him in an Empire list in the top eight of the league with Vader and Palpatine mm-hmm. um, as sort of his second brawler, along with Agent Callus. That's um, the thing, he's not a brawler. Or not brawler, but force user. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, not using as a as a as a brawler, but as a force user. 
and I think that mostly for the boulder barrage. Yeah. Uh, but then also he has a very strong attack. I mean, red red with plus one surge, like that's already very strong. And then when you add in the focus from madness, like he hits really hard. <laughs> yeah. He can hit like a truck. And like I said, I think it might be, again, Zillow being part of what makes him good. So just being able to take a few extra hits so I, that he can get in and get those hits. Yeah, I think he also synergizes really well with Palpatine um, because of Tempt. So Boulder Barrage plus Tempt to be able to put three damage on a figure at long range just to finish something off, you know, if it's yeah, if it's taking some damage. And then he'd also Vader with Force Choke, so you can Barrage and Force Choke something for five damage or four damage in a strain. And with the Emperor's low speed and abilities, you want all those actions. Same thing with Vader. Uh, but Terran, if you, you can move in Boulder, or you can... I've seen him lure and Boulder in the same turn. And that's a good turn. Yeah, and you mentioned that Fallen Master doesn't do anything in Empire List, but it's actually not quite true. Because he's a scum figure, it works on himself. Okay, yeah, it does work on himself. So it allows him to play Price of Glory and Lure of the Dark Side. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It does allow him to do it. Um, okay. Very true. So, moving on. I just want to cover the other Season 7 figures. Um, hired Guns. Uh, doing fine, but they're not seeing a ton of play. Four four lists, so 13% of scum lists. We talked about double HKs. Punishing Strike and 6.9% of scum lists. Uh, Luke, interestingly, in scum lists, and one scum list. Zeb Although that's not even list. a season 7. Uh, well, Luke got... Oh, that's true, because he got Heir to the Jedi, but um, you can't run that in scum. And then Saw being played in 3%. Uh, I think Saw's worth calling out in Scum because you can run it with Punishing Strike, uh, which makes his weaken ability pretty annoying to deal with when you can turn that into a stun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, not really part of the metagame, which is the scope of this uh, episode. So I think we can move on to uh, Rebels. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Scum Faction? I think in Season 6, we saw Mando, 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 and sometimes IG-11. And now in Season 7, I see a lot. I see some Force users, I see some Hunters, I see some Smugglers, and I see some Creatures. And I think that's good. Yeah, I think the Scum Faction has diversified a bit, mostly with the addition of the Rancor, I think, adding another new archetype, but uh, also just more options for brawlers and force users being another archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, let's move on to Rebels, so... I'm gonna go grab some water, ran out. Oh, sure thing. get into this. Well, I'll just talk about um, the top cards in Rebels then, while Wesley is getting water. I'm going to take a sip of water too for my throat. Alright, so top figures in Rebels, we have number one, a bit surprising, is 
R2D2, uh, 91, ni actually 92 if you round up, percent of Rebel List bringing R2D2 with a 46.48% win rate. So not necessarily the most winning card in the faction, um, but overwhelmingly popular to bring R2D2 for that card draw. I think we can compare to Rebel High Command. Uh, if we scroll down here, let's see, where is Rebel High Command? Oh, uh, here we go. Wow, only one list brought Rebel High Command, so a lot less than in the past what I've seen. Um, so that card draw really valuable to the Rebels to do the things they need to do. And not a whole lot of uh, extra options compared to Scum, which has, you know, Java and Black Market and all those other options. Uh, but 3PO, which you would expect to be the, one of the most popular, 89% uh, of lists um, with a 42% win rate, so um, not doing quite as well, which we should compare again to a 45% overall faction win rate. So R2 actually doing better than the faction as a whole, slightly better. 3PO doing slightly worse than the faction as a whole. Uh, Gideon doing a lot better, and he is only in 75% of lists. So I think that that tells us is a lot of, or about 25% of rebel lists are excluding Gideon in uh, for some other alternative focuser or support piece. Most likely Yoda, I think, would probably be the answer there, which we see down here is at 27% Yep, of the faction. So I think there's an equal exchange of Gideon for Yoda, pretty much. If you're seeing Yoda, you're, people are cutting Gideon. And I think what this shows us is that might be a mistake, because Gideon has a 50.85% win rate, which is 5.8, like 5% higher than the faction. Um, so Gideon is actually good, and I think people are cutting him a little bit too much, maybe. Um, but you still see that's the Rebel Care package is still on top. R2D2, 3PO, Gideon. Hey, okay, so I was just talking about um, comparing the R2D2, 3PO, and Gideon being at the top, where we're seeing 92% of R2D2 in lists, Rebel lists, 89% of 3PO, but only 75% of Rebel lists taking Gideon, um, and then comparing their win rates to the faction win rate of 45%. Okay. Uh, the, thing, yeah. the other thing I mentioned was we see Gideon at 75% of lists and we see conversely Yoda in 27% of lists. So there's, I think there's a pretty close uh, equivalent exchange between Gideon and Yoda where if people are running Yoda, they're cutting Gideon from their lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and That makes sense. But Gideon has a 50% win rate compared to 3PO with a 42% and R2D2 with 46. So Gideon is outperforming the faction as a whole. Yeah, and Yoda has a 33% win rate. So it's kind of underperforming. But what's interesting is Yoda is specifically for a particular archetype, right? He's there for force users and to see him in over a quarter of all list played uh you know normally i think of rebels as this ragtag group and there's a bunch of different things you can do with them but this just kind of goes to show how popular the force users are becoming in this season 
Yeah, I should mention um, Yoda's results are being a bit skewed here. We have had a new player join us um, recently, and you know they're they're learning the ropes and they're putting in the hours and playing games and having a great time. I I think. Uh, but you know they're new, so they're not winning a whole lot, and they've pretty much exclusively been playing Yoda lists. Um, so oh. that might be dragging Yoda's win rate down just a little bit. I guess we don't want to go into names, but if it was the person I was thinking of, they, uh, in my experience, they were playing a lot of different things. But uh, uh, okay, it probably is well, not. Still. Okay. <laughs> so, well, like... either way, it's great to have new people. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the the win rate of each individual card that matters. It's everyone having a good time. Yeah, I'm not trying to disparage anybody. I just wanted to point out that again, this is a data set of players playing games, and there's a small number of players, so um, they are, you know, players. When certain players play a lot of the same figure, it can mm -hmm. skew the results towards that player's win rate versus the figures or the cards win rate right like yeah. we mentioned that with Derek too like he's a 61% win rate as a player and because he plays Mando so much Mando is at a 62% win rate as a result now does that mean Mando is a 62% win rate figure we don't really know because Derek's kind of skewed those results so far so it, it's masking things a bit but what we can do is we can separate out the data so Wesley you don't see but I've pulled up Yoda's tournament data just mm. just from the tournaments from the two tournaments and he's at a 53.85% win rate from the tournaments so I think that is a more accurate reflection of his competitive value based on uh, the players that have played him in tournaments and how they've done in tournaments with him which are again just two tournaments with like I think combined I don't know 10 players or even less uh, across the two but that's just something to note and I wanted to, to throw that up there um, yeah. going back to our list here heroic effort still strong 40% or 48% almost half of rebel lists are still what that means is they're all almost half of rebel lists are still all uniques Mm -hmm. um, but a 40% win rate so it seems that generic figures are maybe doing a little bit better uh, based on again a 45% overall faction win rate yeah wonder which ones we're going to see up here first uh, which well, generics uh, yeah um, it's actually quite a while till we see any uh, but we'll get there <laughs> God. Uh, so next we have Heir to the Jedi, which was the Luke um, attachment that came out in Season 7. Mm -hmm. So interesting to look at that compared to the two Lukes uh, separately. But that has mm -hmm. a, uh, let's see, a 43% uh, win rate. So uh, I think we'll have to get into the individual Lukes, though, before we can make judgments on this. But uh, very popular Luke card, um, which makes Luke the most popular attacking figure when you combine mm -hmm. the two of them, the Jedi and the mm -hmm. hero. Um, and just stop me if you have any comments on anything. But I'm just trying to... Just seeing... It looks like a couple of people are playing Luke in Rebel. 
without Heir to the Jedi? Is that what the numbers are adding up to? Yeah, I'm seeing, uh, let's see, 16 Heir to the Jedi lists, 10 Luke Jedi lists, and 8 Luke hero lists. So two, I think two lists, yeah. And I think that's right. Um, That actually sounds correct. I think there were two lists that didn't have Heir to the Jedi that I think were playing early in the season. Okay. Which is unfortunate, but, you know, it happens. Well, I I guess they wanted to play on hard mode. (laughs) It's probably more likely they just forgot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people forget advanced comp systems in Empire. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. I also forget to put Gideon in my list sometimes, even though he's in there. So oh, he's a part, he's an actual whole character. I'll just be like, I'm missing a figure. Oh, Gideon didn't spawn. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um balance is so this one's interesting. Balance of the Force is super popular. Forty percent of lists running balance of the force, which again, one point to add three points of command cards to your list, and it's winning. The people who are running it at, and I should say that, like there's not necessarily a cause and effect here of saying that because you ran balance in your force you went won more games but the people who are putting balance of the force in their lists uh are winning more 57 percent is like way higher than 45 percent um man cards are very strong and i can i can say from my knowledge that uh one of those people is kyle uh he runs balance in a lot of his lists and he wins a lot of games, so I think that kind of tracks. When I uh, when I myself come up with rebel lists, and a lot of the time I'll have one or two points left over at the end, and either for not wanting to devote them both to rebel high command, or not wanting to ruin a heroic effort build, instead of throwing in a smuggler or whatever, I'll just say, okay, balance of the force and something else, like extra armor or doubt or smuggling compartment. Yeah. Balance usually wins out if there is only one point. Which might be why we don't see any smuggling compartments, because I think balance is... You know, you have more powerful cards rather than seeing more of the cards. I can see that being a tempting offer to take more power overall in your deck. That's true, and Rebels are also more likely to run more three-point cards than um, Mm -hmm. maybe Scum would. Yeah, because if they're running all uniques, there's a lot more powerful unique cards you can run as well. And then Heart of Freedom is just so good. Yeah. Two points. Yeah. Um, so then moving on, we have Saw. Uh, what happened to my volume? Okay. Sorry, my... Uh... My volume got lowered for some reason. Anyway, I'll have to fix that later. Um, so Saw we have being played in 32% of Rebel lists uh, with a 45% win rate. And I think I actually may have been pumping up his win rate with my league games. Because <laughs> uh, since I started playing him, I only lost one game and I won four. So four wins, one loss with him. Um, but he's been okay. Uh... He's okay. He, interestingly, um, his ability to deal damage to figures close to other figures 
it actually didn't come up my first three games I played him, but then in my last two games, it was like instrumental to uh, getting certain kills that I couldn't have gotten otherwise. So with uh, with Saw, you are running him. I take it with the Salvadors. Yes. In the playtest league, I actually ran him with Alliance Rangers, uh, and I found him to be very useful there. He's kind of like an extra ranger. You know, he's not a hunter or anything, but he does hit hard. He hits at a decent range. If you focus him, he's really good, and he kind of helps you finish off figures uh, because the rangers can attack three times in a row. You know, you land one or two hits in somebody, and they have one or two health left. You pitch one or two cards, and they're dead anyways. Um, being able to get three hits and just pitching more cards for that, like I think that's a good combo. Were you pitching to deal damage to the target? Yeah. Or no, sorry, but I think it's more like you're you're attacking several units, and maybe the first ranger gets somebody down to one or two health, and now you've mm-hmm. got two more attacks. You target someone nearby and work on them. And then you pitch cards to finish off the one that the first ranger didn't get. Because okay. you're right, he cannot hurt the actual target. So he kind of fixes Point that... Point being, he's very good with having three attacks in a row. Yeah, so he's. I think you're saying he's very good at fixing that issue that rangers have where they really only needed two attacks to kill something, but they had to attack it three times because they couldn't mm-hmm. quite finish it off. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... So yeah, Saw is fine. He's I think he he is a niche figure that does well in his niche, which is fine. Alright, so we get to the first Luke Skywalker here. Jedi Luke is the more popular. Twenty-seven percent of Rebel Lists, and we'll talk about both Lukes here. He's got a forty-five percent win rate, so pretty much on par with the faction. And then um, Hero Luke, slightly less, 21% of lists, and slightly lower win rate at 43.48%. So, the Jedi Luke seems to be doing better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of surprising to me, um, honestly. I thought, I was actually worried that Hero Luke, 7-point uh, Luke, was overtuned with air adding all those bonuses. Um, being the cheaper version and being so effective with Leia as a ranged attacker. Um, But it seems that, again, small sample size, but we've got 20 matches played for Jedi Luke and 23 for Hero Luke. So I don't think they're that far off from how good they are, other than the the people using them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But we've had some strong players using Hero Luke, and same for Jedi Luke, so... I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. I actually thought that uh, Hero Luke would have a higher faction share, be more popular. He feels more splashable, and he has a support effect. Yeah, I thought so, too. And he's cheaper. Or like you said, more easier to splash. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, well, moving on, we've got Mar Jade. Popping up again, 27% of Rebelists uh, with a 46% win rate, so slightly better than the faction average, which I think she probably is seeing most play in Jedi Luke lists, and that tells me that she 
that your Jedi Luke list is slightly better if it has Mara Jade in it. <laughs> I wonder what is Makes sense. Meta share overall. Wow, she's in 22% of lists overall. So she's very yeah. popular. Um, 43% win rate overall, though. But, I mean, it's not, not that bad. And if you look at Rebels and especially Empire, she's really good in those. Like a Rebel, like you said, a little bit better than your Jedi Luke. And when you peek at Empire, she's got a 55% win rate. So it's kind of kind of you, scum, that's dragging her down a little bit with that 22%. Yeah, now this is interesting. Comparing Yoda to Jedi Luke. Um, mm-hmm. Jedi Luke is doing better. So it seems like not having Yoda in your Jedi Luke list is more advantageous, but again, the Yoda data is being skewed a little bit by um, sing- one single player playing him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anything about Yoda? Not really. I mean, we already basically talked about him. Actually, I'm interested to see what Channel the Force is doing, because that's directly tied to Yoda. Like, it's down at uh, 2018% faction share, 19%. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. With a 25% win rate, so that's odd. Lower than Yoda's. Um... Yeah, interesting. So what I, I have seen is when people are running Yoda or, and Channel the Force, I know you said in the past you would cut R2. I think I've seen lists where people are still running R2. Hmm, interesting. And that might be part of it. And not yeah. running Gideon. Mm-hmm. Need more Gideon in the in your Jedi lists. Yep. <laughs> He's so good Those with Yoda. Points. Yeah. yeah, Gideon is really good. Especially with melee units. Get where you need to be, guys. Get those movement points. Just so you can move Yoda around and cover people mm-hmm. in different parts of the round. Anyway. Alright, well, um, extra armor at, let's see, 27%, 41% win rate. Win rate. Uh, Leia, okay, Leia, here we go. 24% of lists and only a 40% win rate. So let's talk about Leia. Um, she's got 25 games played. She was in several tournament lists, uh, but not doing great. Um, hasn't really been able to crack the top four. Well, I guess she cracked, she made it to top four in the first tournament, but none of them made it in top four of the second tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. so what do we think is going on here? I don't know. I haven't seen... I haven't seen any matches where Leia's been, you know, losing. <laughs> I've been in matches where Leia's been destroying me, or, <laughs> you know, that first tournament we commentated, I think, was uh, Morgan's run with Leia, and he went 2-0, 2-1 or 3-0 in the initial tournament. I don't recall how his top four went. So Morgan won that tournament, and that's true, he did it with Leia. So we went from a tournament win... Mm-hmm. to nobody making it into the top cut. So what lists are defeating Leia then? Because I feel like this might be a matchup thing where she is very good 
against some lists and not very good against other lists. Yeah. It might have to do with the map or the amount of space there is. Yeah, that's hard to say. I don't have it set up to analyze um, yeah. matchups. It's just really hard to do that with the way that the data is entered. But, I mean, we can look at... Like... I mean, have you seen any any big Leia losses besides just knowing what the data is? Like, uh, what lists were defeating her? I mean, I know Wookiees beat a Leia list in the tournament. Um, hmm. Let's see. I'm kind of looking at... Looks like Derek's been destroying Leia lists. <laughs> uh, Vader, he's been running IG-11, right? Yeah. Vader beat a Leia list here. Mm. Like, I don't see any common threads of, like, this list always beats Leia. Yeah. Um, again, Maybe it's a Derek skill going. ceiling thing. Maybe it's the strength of the player. Maybe, you know. but, I mean, as far as, like, her tournaments, we saw Herbie was playing was playing the list, and he was doing... He was playing well, I thought, in the games, and let's see who else is playing Leia. <clears throat> so Morgan played it. Joey played it. Joey's a good player. Adam, Adam's a good player. He played it. Uh, didn't make it into the top. Let's see. Uh, Josh is a good player. He didn't make it in with the second in the second tournament. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, folks who are listening, if you are a competitive player, what's going on with uh, Leia? Tell us in the comments. <laughs> The only thing I can think of is people I see are running their 10 to 15, just kind of high, but 10 to 15 points of support, and then having Leia in their list as like one of four main attackers, but Leia's not fully a main attacker. So maybe it's, you know, they're kind of building lists that count her not for her support points, even though that's mostly what she is, just because she's big. Yeah, could also like just be maybe that... Maybe they need to scale back a couple points on support and bring in another fighter. Yeah. If you're going to bring Leia. Could be that eight points is just was enough of a nerf. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know in the comments, because I think this one's got us stumped. I mean, I thought she was fine. But, you know, anyway... Uh, moving on, we talked about Luke Mern, 21% of lists with a 62% win rate. Sorry, guys, I think that one's on me. Um, but I'm not the only one playing her, so I think Mern's doing good. Mer right now, Mern has some good support and with Zeb and Saw, and then mm -hmm. can do well mm -hmm. with uh, Alliance uh, Rangers and Saboteurs. We aren't seeing any Alliance Rangers, I know that. Yeah, I think we only had one. Mm -hmm. Yep, we got one with a 100% win rate. Good job, Rangers. Yeah, I think that was uh, Christian. Yep. 
<clears throat> Alright, well, let's move on. we got the big one here. Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Only an 18% of Rebel List, which is almost one-fifth. So, he's getting some play. See him. Yeah. But 38% win rate out of 13 games played. So, Han seems to be struggling this season. Um, but I think it's tied to... It might be tied to Leia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are seeing a lot of Han Leia's now. He is one of the main figures you see paired with Leia, uh, the other one being Hero Luke. So it might just be that people are still experimenting with the permutations yeah. and figuring out what works best with uh, Han Leia. Yep, and I think if Han was to be sol- played solo more, I think he'd be doing better. Um, or at least until people figure out how to use him with Leia. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's at 38%. He was doing good last season. Um, I'm looking at... Here we go. He was... Oh, no, actually he wasn't doing good. He was uh, 25% win rate. So doing better this season. just um, surprising. Yeah. I mean, Han's a menace to me. I think I'm still learning that matchup. <laughs> I just haven't seen him much until lately. Season 5. What was his faction share last season? Um, Last season, he was... 11% of lists. Yeah, so... We're seeing him about twice as often, a little less than that now. And I guess I've been unlucky enough to uh, face several of those already in both casual and recorded matches. Yeah, season five, he was 33% of lists um, and 56% mm. win rate. So he was tearing it up in season five. Uh, but he's, I think season six, maybe Mando was giving him problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think maybe 15 to 20% is, is kind of a good spot for him when there are so many other things you can do in Rebels. So I think, at least faction share-wise, he's not doing terrible. You know, there's a lot of diversity, but he's still a prominent figure. Yeah, I think people also just want to try something new. But uh, I think Leia Mm -hmm. is making people want to take him more. Alright, well, moving on to Kotun. 71% win rate. Um, again, I take some credit for this uh, since she was in my double sab list. Uh, but she's doing way better than she's ever done in the past two seasons where um, she's always kind of hovered around a 40% win rate. Uh, let's see. Yeah. And... Oh, she wasn't in Season 5. Excuse me, she came out in Season 6. What's interesting is that, uh, you know, I was going to say right under her we see the Sabadors. And I was going to say maybe with Saw and Kotun in the same list, the Sobs are getting really good. But even with Saw's popularity, his win rate is a lot lower than Kotun's and the Sobs. So it's not necessarily having anything to do with Saw that's <coughs> making her so good right now. Yeah, I think... I mean, she was good in... Past with Han... In Season 6... But he wasn't doing well, so I don't know... 
Um, she had a 45% win rate last season. Uh, I just know that I've been doing really good with her with Sabs. <laughs> the surge tokens are so great to have. And she complements that particular list so well because of her um, focused attack with a power token um, and two rerolls just being like a really strong single attack to punch mm -hmm. through high defenses that the Sabs sometimes struggle with if the opponent has right. Zillow technique. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she definitely helps, and she's got the anti-dodge tech, which I guess we're maybe seeing more white die figures this season, and we're seeing a lot more Jedi. Um, I think when we get to Empire Inquisitor... Yeah, it's been... So maybe that's part of it. That's been okay for me, but... Although mostly it's just for making wild attack really good. Okay. Um, which mm. adds to her punchiness. Right. Um, so let's move on to Sabs, <clears throat> which had the same amount of lists played as Kotun, but one more game played. So I know there was one person running Sabs with Drokata instead of Kotun. Um, but currently Sabs are at 60%. Yeah, I mean, that's a good win rate. Seen them pretty often. I mean, these figures are as popular as Han, so, you know, we are definitely, there's definitely still an archetype, and they're definitely still popular. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Saw has helped, but like you said, um, I think I think if you carved out win rate with Sabs with Saw, I think Saw's win rate would go up. Like, if you remove the games where he's mm. not being played with Sabs, I think that is kind of his home, is with saboteurs. Mm -hmm. But um, they were actually 68% win rate last season, which is kind of crazy. I didn't realize they were that high. Yeah. Um, okay, we talked about Channel Force. Oh, here's a good one, Cara Dune. Another one that people complained about a lot <laughs> last season. Uh, or some people were. 16% of the f faction, 30% win rate. Um, I think people still don't know how to play Cardoon. Although the, I've seen it better this season. What I mean by that is last season, we she didn't do that great last season either. And people weren't running her with Unshakable. Which is really you need to do. I didn't even realize that's a faction agnostic card. Oh, did you think it was just Empire? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've only ever seen Vader run it. <laughs> well, it is it should be stapled to Cara Dune. So if you're thinking of playing Cara, she's a fun figure, but you really need to bring Unshakable because you're relying on Parting Blow so much and Call the Vanguard. So if you don't run Unshakable and you do make a uh, Parting Blow play, you can't play Call the Vanguard uh, the next round. Um, so that's why Unshakable is so important. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's just a high-cost piece that people haven't figured out yet. She has all the tags to be good. Yeah, because she makes so many attacks in a round. She has Call of Vanguard, Parting Blow, there's something else I'm forgetting, but... I mean, she can play Grizzly Contest. This She's crazy. <laughs> Overwhelming impact. Mm -hmm. um, but you gotta run Unshakable with her. 
Okay, moving on. We've got Cassian. We're getting close to the end here. Cassian at 16% of lists with a 40% win rate. Um, he was actually a lower win rate than I was expecting. Um, but he is doing better than he did last season, which is also kind of strange. Uh, he has 36% win rate last season. Um, and I think he is... Um, I mean, he's still really good. I, I think people are sleeping on the Han Solo, Cassian, uh, Hera, and Kotun list. Like, I think with Jin Odon, I think that was still, like, probably the best list to come out of Season 6 uh, and Season 5 before it. And Cassian's a big part of that list because he gives you so many power tokens. I think one of the lists I went up against was a variation of that. It was the Han, Cassian, Hera, and Leia list instead of, uh, you mentioned, Jin Odon. Uh, yeah. Which is so good, was... too. Yeah. And interesting enough, uh, right under Cassian, we see Hera. Same number of uh, lists, just one less match. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like you said, Cassian's improving his win rate, trying to get people hyped for his show. Yeah. Uh, Hera's down from 38% last season to 33% win rate this season. Um, but that is a small sample size, nine, only nine games mm -hmm. played. Um, yeah. Heavy Fire being played a lot more. 16% um, of lists and 57% win rate, so that's doing really good. Yep. And then we're kind yeah, of getting into the last bits here. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, um, 14 lists for Heavy Fire and 15 for Rebel Sobs. That checks out. Yeah, and Heavy Fire has a 57% win rate overall for all factions. So, But we'll get to that um, in yeah. the Empire faction. All right, Ahsoka, 27% win rate. Um, this is another one that I think is being skewed a bit by... Uh, hmm. overrepresentation from one particular player, which is fine. Again, I just want to mention, I don't think Ahsoka Tano is a 27% win rate figure. I just, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead. And then we start getting into some Wookiees. Yeah, I do want to mention the Wookiees here. So, uh, I don't understand why Fury of Kashyyyk has a lower win rate than the Wookiee Warriors. I suspect there might be an issue here with it might have gotten left out of a tournament list. Hold on. Here you can uh, talk about them while I go check that out. Yeah, so we're seeing Fury of Kashyyyk at a forty one percent win rate, uh thirteen percent faction share, so five lists included. And, you know, like uh T V Boy was saying, Wookiee Warriors right under that, but actually one less list being played in only nine matches played. Um, maybe he's looking up if there's something that got forgotten, but you know, a higher win rate for the Wookiee Warriors without Fury of Kashyyyk, that seems a little odd. Um, the only other thing I could think is if the someone ran a list with Fury of Kashyyyk, maybe with Garkan, uh, Andrakata, and maybe Chewbacca, because we kind of see them in the next few lines here. Uh, all the other Wookiees kind of just below that. And surprising to me is when we get to Garkan and see just a very low usage rate. 
but I mean, too low to really count uh, win rate. 10 matches played, 50% win rate. So here nor there with that. And then Chewbacca, only four matches. Um, but these all kind of work in some capacity with Fury of Kashyyyk. So if uh, nothing was forgotten, it might just be that someone tried Fury of Kashyyyk to give focus to some of their ranged Wookiees like Chikata and Chewbacca without any Wookiee Warriors. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, I don't see any lists that have warriors that are, don't have fury. Hmm. Oh, but wait, there's... Oh, okay. So that actually does make sense. Yeah. So that means somebody played Fear of Kashyyyk without the Wookiee Warriors. I thought it was the other way around, which didn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that makes sense. So it seems that that means that if you're playing Fear of Kashyyyk, you should be playing Wookiee Warriors. <laughs> is what, right. that, what that means. Uh, Zeb is at 40% win rate. Um, he actually... It's nice to see so low. He, yeah, because Blade went undefeated in the first tournament with a Zeb Jedi Luke list. Mm -hmm. um, he's actually been kind of trending in the 30s, um, so I'm actually happy to see him this high. <laughs> um, but he's mm -hmm. he's been doing well when we see the good, like, strong players play him, so I'm not sure what's going on with Zeb. Yeah, me neither. Obi-Wan, 12.5% win rate, that kind of checks out in my opinion of him. He's from Season 3. I don't know. He needs an update or something. Yeah, uh, I kind of think we're at the point where we can just skip through most of this. I already mentioned Chewbacca's really low, but uh, if there's any other Season 7 things to mention. Uh, Terran Malikos. But, yeah, it's fine. Okay, well, let's move on to... Well, actually, yeah. Terran Malikos with uh, four matches and one list which means he is propping up the usage rate of Saska Teft with one list and four matches. Oh, yeah. So that's they're, nice. They're connected. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I have to say for Rebels here. Okay, so final faction we'll do is Empire. And all I just right. realized we didn't touch on, like, command cards, but probably don't have time anyway. Um, for those watching... You can check out this sheet. If you scroll down all the way, uh, you'll get to the command cards below the the uh, deployment cards and the forms, and those are also sorted by faction as well. So you can see which factions are taking which command cards the most, which I think is interesting. But we'll move on. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should also mention I don't have data on forms and loadouts for this particular data set. I just wasn't recording it, so and I didn't want to have to go back into it. Probably do it eventually to capture that, but yeah, we don't have information on which forms and uh, loadouts are being played for those particular figures. Mm. But uh, all right, let's. Not get that it. we saw any clodites. That's true. Which Maybe is we kind see of some strange. purges. So we'll get there. Okay. Um, so for Empire, top cards are Zillow Technique in. 100% of lists. Um, so that is seems correct to me. 
You play. Yep. You don't play Empire without Zillow technique. The card is super powerful, but also the factions balanced around it. So, and uh, you can I see mean, win rate is fifty-four percent. Yeah, I mean skipping uh, the second one here, seeing roll by fear under ninety percent is kind of shocking for me. Because, uh, in my view, you just uh, make a thirty-eight point list and then you stuff in your two free cards, your uh, roll by fear and your Zillow. Yeah, so I'm people, not sure who's not playing it. Some people think Rule by Fear is optional. I've seen that. Hmm. Um, <coughs> even more optional than Officers. Yeah, which... I don't know. Officers seem more optional to me than more... You know, each season as we sometimes get lower-cost Empire figures, Officers start to become a little more optional in my view. But they are doing good. 95% of lists and a 58% win rate. So we see them all the time. And I'm actually surprised that that's not the rule by fear number and the uh, the Imperial officer number being closer to 86 is kind of what I would have expected instead. So that's a shock. Yep. Um, although rule by fear, interestingly enough, lower win rate than the faction as a whole. Yeah, that is a little, a little odd. Maybe it is optional. Uh, it just seems so powerful, though. You get a third of your deck in your hand before the game starts. And then, you know, you say that uh, the faction's balanced around Zillow. I think it's also balanced around not giving Empire too much more command draw than that rule by fear. Yep, and it is such a huge boost to their command selection as well as giving them extra cards to discard to Zillow Technique. So that is yeah. actually surprising to me too. Yeah. I mean it's so powerful like just end of round you get your terminal you draw two cards you've almost got a 50-50 chance of having either the negate or take initiative you need every single game you know if you bring those cards like 50-50 at the end of round one you have whatever one particular card you need just by bringing roll and Securing a terminal. So moving on here from the big three, uh, we also have advanced comm systems, which is in 69% nice of Empire lists, um, which is interesting because you would think it would be 100% or at least 95% to match officers, but mm -hmm. I think it's an easy one to forget. <laughs> yep. So that means 25% uh, of players are forgetting comms. Yeah. Um, which you know happens. It's not the biggest boon on on officers half the time, but you should bring it. It does you seem to have throw it in your list. an impact on win rate. It's a fifty-eight percent win rate. So yeah, compared to the faction, it doesn't hurt. Never hurts. Yeah. Um, Palpatine. Now we have our first. Um, non-officer figure, 43% of Empire list, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, a 47% win rate, so not as winning as he used to be. He used to be like, very high win rate, 60, high 60s. And lower seasons. than the faction. Yep. Interesting. Uh, but I think yeah, he's still one of the best figures though. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. 
then we have Darth Vader, who is um, second most popular, which was a recent development. He wasn't seeing a ton of play early in the season, but he's been getting picked up more now that people are um, kind of, I think, gravitating back towards their favorites. Um, and he has a 70% win rate, so Vader is in danger of being broken here. <laughs> Although, to be fair, he's only been in 10 matches. That's true. So, 7 uh, wins out of 10. Um, kind of looks like we're looking at 44 matches for Empire total, so he's showing up about a quarter of the time. And we should mention yeah. that Empire was yeah. the least popular faction, and so they have a lot less games played as well compared to the others. Only 40 uh, games sampled for Empire. Mm -hmm. So Empire's just going to have a f smaller um, sample size overall. Next most popular is Aiden. So 30% uh, of the list, 40% win rate. So Aiden is struggling a little bit this season compared to previous seasons. Mm. Um, but still very popular. Yeah. I mean, tw uh, the one thing I'm not uh, getting with the most popular, she is, uh, she has been in twice as many games as Vader. So that means that somebody is playing a lot of games with the same list that has Aiden mm. in it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, is it, I guess, is there a secondary sort here? Uh, I think it sorts by matches played. Oh, no, I guess not. I thought <laughs> yeah. I did. I, I think I sorted by win rate then. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Just we all, all got that baseline. Yeah, Um. so Aiden, like you said, struggling a little bit. I think she's still a good figure, though. You know, people still bring in her. She's someone I've been eyeing for a while. I've never used her, but seems very strong. Yeah, then we get still, Death yeah. Troopers. Yeah, Death Troopers made a big comeback this season. Um, mm -hmm. And they have a decent win rate, 54%. Yeah, I think with all the... Maybe we'll see with all the Trooper support, with all the new leaders, with, uh, you know, Inquisitor. We kind of just see a lot of people that can take advantage of the tokens and a lot of figures that kind of want to pop up an activation count. Instead of running a few very strong units, you can kind of run some more medium and lower cost units in your Empire list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've been played a lot with Tarot and the Dubaks specifically. Mm. I think that's where we're seeing most of the Death Troopers being played. <laughs> Alright, yeah. now, really interesting, Temporary Alliance... Um, super popular and a 60% win rate. Now, that, of course, is kind of meaningless unless you know what um, figures they're bringing in. So looking at, uh, kind of skipping ahead, we see Terran, Malikos is the main one they're bringing in uh, with two unique lists. So there should be two more figures. The other one being Migs Mayfeld, it looks like. Yeah. Mig seems like a really good fit for uh, if you wanted to run like a trooper list in Empire. Especially with the, the Death Troopers. Maybe that's a list that people are doing. So you can set up Migs with a power token before the shooting starts. He's already got his effects up. Yeah, but Migs is not doing well in Empire, but 
from the mm. games played. Oh. Six games played. Um, yeah. Wow. And so I think it's mostly Terran doing well with uh, Temporary Alliance. Mm-hmm. All right, then we've got the true. Grand Inquisitor with 21% of lists uh, with a 60% win rate, so he is doing well, although I have not seen him recently. Uh, I feel like he was mostly being played early in the competitive season, and then he's kind of dropped off. I think a lot of players are that were playing Inquisitor switched over to Vader. Yeah, um, you know, in logs that I've seen, and a few matches I've played against him in the testing league, he just seems kind of swingy. Sometimes he does a lot of damage, and sometimes he does one damage. <laughs> Which you'd think wouldn't be the case since he has access to hunter cards. Um, and Mara, who's a hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we definitely he's definitely a lot more tuned than he was before. And sometimes is very scary. Uh, but other times, you know, he just kind of doesn't make the impact he needs to. Well, his win rate says he's doing pretty good. It's true. Oh, but that's, that's out of 10 true. games played, so... Yeah, a little harder with Empire with less games overall. Ooh, oh, oh, what's this? Terran, or Captain Terra with a almost 90% win rate? Oh my god. I will say some. most of that is from Kyle, who's been playing mm-hmm. a Tarot Dewback... Uh, Death Trooper list in the league and I think he was undefeated so Kyle's been Kyle skews that number a little bit but Tarot's doing well otherwise I mean even if you remove Kyle's games I think he'd probably be around 50% win rate yeah Tarot's always a good one first Uh, list I used when I came into IACP so I've always got a soft spot for the guy yeah Cavalry Charge is a really strong card (laughs) I think that card ended up being Stronger than we thought it would be. but It uh, is. Yeah. But Tarot's doing good. Um, interestingly, Thrawn is right around the same uh, number here. 21% of lists, uh, 40% win rate. And so he's still kicking. He used to be in like every Empire list ever. Um, mm-hmm. But now he's definitely more of an optional season-to-taste figure. But mm-hmm. he's still quite good. Yep. And it makes sense. He's the um, Thrawn is one of the figures that we used as a baseline for power level in ISAP. So he should still be viable. Right. Uh, then we have BT. Oh, go ahead. No, nothing. Uh, just saying, yeah. Makes sense. And he's still one of the you know, higher-up played figures, so that's... It's good. It kind of shows that we're keeping around the baseline. Yep, BT, 21%, 50% win rate. Um, I think he's been played as mostly a hunter in, like, the yeah. purge lists. 100%, he's he's getting play um, as, like, an extra hunter. Yep, and then we, we talked about Terran Malikos... Mar Jade seems to be doing her best in Empire, 55% win rate. Mm-hmm. And then Snow Troopers. So this is the other part of Kyle's tarot list. So he's yeah. running tarot, dewbacks, 
death troopers and, and a group of snow troopers. And his list has been really effective. So you see that with the 83% win rate. Yeah, and I think it's the same, basically the same list he was running in season six. Yeah, it might be. I mean, maybe a few changes, but, you know, overall, basically the same thing. Very good list. I don't know if he was running it um, as much, but I think he I was. I do remember running... getting stumped by it in a season six tournament when okay. I brought in my own terror list. It's like, oh, all right. Well, uh, I think it was like the first tournament I did, and he just kind of blew up my own version of a terror list, and I was like, okay, this is my introduction to ICB. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the only one playing them. I think those three unique lists are the two tournaments and the league. Mm -hmm. Although maybe not. I think maybe he played Sabs in the first tournament. Um, okay, moving on to the Purge Commanders. Now these guys are not doing well. 0% wins out of 6 games played. Um, mm. That's interesting. I know somebody was talking about trying to build a list where they, uh, I think they, they use generals' ranks uh, to get the purge commanders in where they they need to be before their turn, and then they can throw their grenades and then also shoot and get like two attack actions off. There was some combo they wanted to do with Duvax, but it didn't work on large figures. So I don't know if we ever saw that anywhere in competitive play yet, but sounds interesting. Yeah, I think it was suppressive fire plus general. Right. Players. Yeah, suppressive fire because that only works on small units. So if we see that sometime, it would be cool. Cool to see. Yep, and then Dubak Riders again. That's Kyle's win rate. Mm -hmm. And now Purge Troopers. Yep. So they have a 33% win rate, but that's only out of three games played. So one one win out of three games, not super popular this season, even though they got buffed at the end of the playtesting season. Um, I don't know, people aren't as interested anymore. Yeah, I mean, they, they're very cool. They're there. Um, I'm surprised they're not more popular. I, you know, have been playing Scum, but when I have thought about working with Empire, I do tend to bring them a lot. So, maybe I just need to get some more games in this testing, or the next uh, league. Okay, well we're getting to the bottom here. I kind of just want to make some call-outs. Um, first of all, Heavy Fire, doing well. Uh, I know Joey was running it in his eWeb Mortar list uh, that he made the top 8 of the league with. Uh, let's see, Extra Armor doing poorly, 28% win rate out of 7 matches, which is, again, kind of surprising for Empire, but maybe it just means they have enough tokens already, they don't need Extra Armor. Callus, mm. uh, I'm surprised, is such low play at only 2 uh, unique lists. I know one of them is Morgan in the top 8 of the competitive league. Uh, and I think, Same thing with short troopers, pretty low. Yeah, not not super popular, but it seems like they're doing okay, at least with Joey's list. Mm -hmm. um, and then General's ranks, I'm also surprised it's so low. That card was super popular, but it's doing fine. Uh, it's because people are playing Vader now. Not really a General's ranks kind of list. 
yeah, I think people should definitely think about generals ranks though if they're interested in playing empire, especially if you're playing uh, generics. Card is really strong. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what like we're running, we're seeing a lot of death troopers, right? And those are kind of single unit, um, you know, cards. And I think my preference would be to not waste or you know spend more points putting attachments onto single activation units uh, that are kind of lower. So like yeah. if I was gonna run generals ranks, I would throw it on something like you know heavy troopers or stormtroopers or shore troopers instead of a uh, what we do see a lot more of, which is the death troopers and dubaks right now. Yeah, it's really good on the ATDP and the ATST though. So here's something. Okay, well, yeah, if you've got one guy that costs ten points, but I don't think we're seeing a lot of those at all either right now. So here's something to think about with general strengths. I know what you're talking about with attachments and figure like multi-figure activations, because normally when you put an attachment on something, it gives it a, that figure an ability, which then the more figures you get, the more utility you get out of that attachment. The thing about General's Ranks is the force multiplier is not on the figure itself. It actually is a force multiplier on the other elements in your list that can trigger the General's Ranks. Right? So yes. even though you have two heavy troopers, it doesn't matter if you if it's two figures or one figure. It, what matters is how many officers you have to give movements and how many like emperors or ISB infiltrators you have to give bonus attacks. Um, so it works, so it really General's Ranks works equally well on single figure versus double figure lists, uh, uh, groups. Yep. Uh, you know, it can work on single figures and I think higher cost single finger, single figures works. The reason I don't tend to want to run it in those lower cost single units is not because of how force multiplied it gets it's uh the fact that you know my opponent is a well-placed one or two attacks away from shutting down that card and getting an extra point versus having a second unit there it's like yeah okay you killed a heavy trooper well you still got to get through another two or three actions to actually take my general's ranks out of the game yeah i totally agree with that definitely um you want higher cost groups so that are going to stick around longer and give you more triggers. Um, but that's that's enough about General's Ranks. Good card, you should play it, everybody. Yep. Um, and I think we're done talking about um, Empire, so... Yeah. Did Empire we want to... Empire is very low, low use this time around. But we should say the players playing Empire are doing well. Um, yeah. Kyle's crushing it with Tarot Dubax. Joey did really well with Mortars and Ewebs in the league. Uh, right now, Morgan is on his way to the finals of the top eight of the league with a Vader Callus uh, Emperor list. Um, I think... I think that just... Hmm, how do I say this? I think the purges took up a lot of real estate in the season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how interesting they are to people. Um, 
I myself mm-hmm. just don't find them interesting as like characters and as like how they fit into list building. They do open up really new. They do open up new list building avenues. Of course, there are hunters, which Empire didn't really have that much access to. Um, they the loadouts are super interesting design, right? Um, but yeah. I just I just wonder how many people are actually interested in building with them. Um, just you know, I don't know. I I do like the purge troopers, especially with the loadouts. Uh, I think they're interesting in part because they have so many traits, mm-hmm. and it feels like you know at least half of the lists you can build an empire. You now have to ask, can I squeeze in a purge trooper, and how much does that help? And sometimes it's like, okay, well, what are these purge troopers? Can I build a hunter trooper brawler list? <laughs> Starting with that as a base, because um, there's so much you can do with them. I do think that they suffer a little bit because they get so many in-turn bonuses on attacks, depending on their form, that I've used Call the Vanguard a few times with them and felt like it was kind of a waste of a two-point slot. So, because they're not getting the plus one from On the Hunt, they're not going to get, you know, your... I think a couple of the forms have a bonus that only works while it's their turn. Mm Mm-hmm. I think if you're not hitting those, you can kind of not get a lot done with Call the Vanguard pretty easily. Let's see. Yeah, well, I, I think my theory more, goes more towards to, like, how iconic are they as Star Wars figures, and I think that mm-hmm. people are just excited to run Leia and excited to run Luke. You know, even Saw uh, from Rogue One, um... I think, uh, and I don't know. I don't know because here's the thing: I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. I know somebody loves these figures, uh, these characters or these designs from the source material they're from. But I just wonder if, like, I just wonder if the lack of play of Empire is more from just there's more exciting toys in the other factions that are new, hmm. uh, and that's. Or maybe, you know what, maybe it's just... Because we've seen in the past, I'm looking at our old data, like, Empire just is consistently less popular as a faction than the other two, than Rebels and and Scum, even though they perform just fine and usually outperform Rebels. Uh, So maybe it's just that. It's just a a preference of our player base, current player base, and maybe I shouldn't be (laughs) trying to blame the purges because... I think they purges yeah. did ended up being really well designed. I think so too. And I think, you know, it might be what characters people want to play. Um, I can say that hasn't deterred me from them because I haven't even played the game they're from. Uh, but also just like trying a lot of other stuff out for the abilities and effects they have instead of just how cool of a character they are because I will do that, but you know. Captain Taro is just a trooper captain from the game that's riding on a car- on a dewback. <laughs> but uh, he's a monster. He's really cool in this game. Okay, well, I think we talked for a long time. I think that ended up being longer yeah. than I thought. I, I did, I did yeah. lie and say I wasn't going to go into the win rates, but I just can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that kind of gives you all a 
peek into what the meta is shaping up to be in Season 7. Um, if you're still here, <laughs> congratulations. You're, you're a stats nerd like the rest of us. Uh, and if you're still listening, uh, I hope you guys um, have a good day and are enjoying your Season 7 ICB games. Um, all right, before we go, Wesley, is there anything you want to say or um, plug? Yep, uh, guys, I have a YouTube channel, The Second Flock, and uh, I'm sure it'll be linked whatever, wherever. Uh, I know he's you've put that there before. Um, we have a few game logs from the tournament that I am going to review and put up there. I haven't had time, and it would have been better to ideally put those up just after the tournament. Uh, but you should see a few logs going up over the next week or so. So it'll be good to kind of get some commentary over the tournament. I'm going to try and do logs that aren't necessarily my own games. So it'll be nice to get surprised by whatever happens. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching and for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Peace out. Stay frosty. <laughs>